This is Shifting Our Schools episode 117, Virtual School Happy Hour, week one. There, the goal has been like instructions paused and we're going back to like basically Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like yeah. we have kids in a new spot and they need to start, they need to feel safe and they need to feel secure and they need to stay connected. Um, and so like we've really paused, like we sent home some enrichment activities, but for the most part, it's just like get connected with your kids, like make sure they know you're still there, make sure that we're checking in. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you are looking for help or want to share resources around virtual school, we have set up a Tech Coaches Unite Slack account for tech coaches to share resources and support each other around different topics. Of course, virtual school being the hot topic of the hour in the community where everyone is sharing their experiences and trying to support each other the best we can. You can join our Slack community by going to sospodcast.org and clicking on Tech Coaches Unite in the menu at the top. In fact, this week's episode comes from this community. I decided to hold a happy hour and ask anyone in the community who would like to join me in a Zoom room to talk about how things are going and to support each other. You too can join us if you are looking for some connections, some place to bounce ideas or ask questions of others who find themselves in a similar situation. That's what this week's crew was all about, hearing everyone's stories and helping each other out where we can as we all try to figure our way through this new reality we find ourselves in. If you think that I might be able to support you or your school in any way, please do not hesitate to reach out. I've been holding virtual meetings with admin teams, teacher groups, and school leaders, as well as virtual PD sessions with groups of teachers. You can reach me via the contact form at sospodcast.org or by emailing me at sospodcast at gmail.com or over at jeffutech.com and use the contact form there. This week, I host the first of what I hope to be virtual happy hours with teachers and tech coaches who find themselves either preparing for virtual learning or are already in it. During the show, they also shared a host of resources for others to use, so many that I can't add them all to the show's description, so you'll need to go to sospodcast.org slash episode 117, where you'll find the resources shared and mentioned in this week's episode. And with that, on with the show. Well, I'm so glad to have our first virtual happy hour. I, th- I think this could become a thing. I don't know how many other virtual happy hour meetings people are having, but uh, it's good to get there to see everybody. I'm just going to have everybody quickly introduce themselves. Uh, tell us kind of what your role is and what district you're at uh, so that everybody here uh, kind, of, kind of gets to hear everybody's thing. And then uh, we'll kind of talk about your different stories uh, and how, how your schools are doing. There's just so much great stuff going on. Um, so I'm going to start in my top left-hand corner with Stefan. Hi, Stefan. Give us a quick rundown. Where are you at? Roll. Uh, so I'm in Moses Lake, center of the state, and uh, I'm the secondary, oh no, high school technology coach. So I've got a counterpart who is probably in Ellensburg at this point, uh, Monica, and she's K-8. So my position was created to support our high schools. They went one-to-one last year. So I'm the tech instructional coach, but uh, just kind of um, wear whatever hat that means. So, yeah. Awesome. Matt, how about you? So I'm in uh, Portland, Oregon. I'm the uh, technology integration specialist for the Portland Jewish Academy. 
It's a little independent K through eight school. And uh, you know, we're one to one with three through eighth grade. So everyone had Chromebooks and then we kind of sent back from K through two. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Jen. <laughs> I'm Jen Longmire, uh, instructional technology, TOSA, whatever hat you want me to wear at the moment um, in Enumclaw. So we're one to one, five through 12 and uh, just deployed fifth grade checkout Chromebooks since school was closed before we were ready for it to be closed. Uh, they did that yesterday and the day before, I think, to fifth grade's parents who wanted them. Congratulations, kids. I know we weren't telling you you could take your Chromebooks home, but now you can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Hi, Bob. Hi, Jeff. I'm Bob Kilmer from uh, Enumclaw School District. Uh, I'm a part-time instructional technology uh, coach slash TOSA um, in the Enumclaw School District. I work with Jen. Cool. And Chris. Hi, guys. Um, Chris Butler, Instructional Technology TOSA um, in Hood River, Oregon. Um, we are 11612, although the 6 through 8 don't take them home. Um, so we're going to work on deploying those out. And we're trying to get, we're 2 to 1 elementary level, and we're trying to get, figure out how to get devices into kids' hands right now. Awesome. Katie. Hey, you guys. So, uh, <laughs> I am Royal City Ed Tech uh, here for the district. And um, at the moment, we are one-to-one -one in our middle school with take-home devices. And we're frantically trying to figure out how to do a high school rollout here, um, if it's even possible. So would love mm. some insight. <laughs> Very cool. Tyler. Hello. Um, so I'm an instructional tech coach from Sunnyside. Uh, we, Currently, our, our juniors and seniors have their devices at home. We've got enough to send home with, with uh, ninth and 10th grade, but we're still figuring out the logistics. Actually, I think there's like a thousand Chromebooks somewhere between China and here. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see them next year is my guess. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Jeez. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for joining us. Hi. So Nicole Laborte, um, I teach choir and orchestra at Enum Classical District, and I am also a blended learning leader that, as well. So I work cool. with Jen and Bob. Awesome. And I see Tina's iPad is here. Tina, do you have audio? Yes. Oh, there I you do. go. Oh, there's your video. I'm nice. in the sunshine. Oh, look at you. You even oh, got outside. Gorgeous. Beautiful. Um, I'm Tina Schmidt from Ording School District. And I think I missed the question, but I think I understand it. Where are we with tech? Um, they're yeah. all still pretty much in the cases because we were stuck at where to start. But we did pass out Chromebooks to all the teachers that needed them yesterday cool so that's a good we start. don't want to send them home right now until we can get a plan on all the wi-fi and mm. hotspots. so that's our yeah. struggle right now cool and i have dave's iphone is dave gonna unmute and talk to us or is he just gonna listen he might just be listening which is all fine that's good to hear <laughs> too awesome well let's get started with that on um some of you i know had to roll out devices Did uh, oh, there's not, there's Dave. Hi, Dave. I am not going to just lurk. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, um, Dave Seidel, I'm the principal at Ording Middle School. Tina and our team to um, equitable way. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, so let's start with that. Uh, how how did the 
what were some of the frantic things that you went through? How did your school handle that? So I, I'm going to start with Jen, because I think you were one of the first people to kind of mention that about getting devices quickly, having to figure out how to get devices out. How, what did that look like for you, for you and Bob and, and uh, for Enumclaw? It's kind of crazy. Um, we already had uh, all of our middle school and high school students already had their devices with them. So that wasn't an issue. Our fifth grade students, we'd already sent home a survey asking parents, do you, do you need a device? Because we didn't want to assume that, okay, that's making me really jealous watching you drink that for the record. <laughs> Sorry, it's happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so then we sent out a survey, a Google form to fifth grade parents that were in fifth grade, they're one to one, but they don't take them home. And so we asked who was interested in having one, thinking that we wouldn't, I think district office thought we wouldn't have many that said yes. And I think we only had 10 that said no. Cool. <laughs> so they went school to school and checked out devices to everybody. On That's cool. And what about for K for four? What'd you do for K for four? And nothing yet. We are still in the process of talking and figuring out what we can do. Uh, so. Cool. All teachers are required, though, to put some sort of enrichment activity in their Google Classroom. And so we've been creating stuff to send out to parents on how to access Google Classroom, how to get information out to everybody equally. That's been a struggle. Cool. Hi, Shannon. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Sorry, I'm late. I lost okay. track of time. It's totally fine. I don't think there is like a start time end time to this. I think we're just kind of like rolling with it. So it's not. Hey. Yeah, nice. I like the drink. Hey. I got it. Got a beverage. <laughs> That's what counts. Awesome. Anybody else want to talk about how the how the rollout kind of uh, kind of went? Yeah. So we are. Uh, in Moses, one to one, um, five twelve already. Yeah. So uh, we, it was kind of cool. Well, I mean, I don't know, kind of cool, right? But they, uh, we got called on Wednesday because our district tried to get ahead of the curve. So they called Monica and I, and we decided Thursday, Friday, we we're going to start prepping things just in case. And then, I mean, that like evolved super rapidly, right, to one thirty on Friday with Inslee. So. Um, we were we had some stuff created already by the time Friday rolled out. We were part of that conversation already, which was cool. Um, we did some real last-minute training on what we called essential tools on Monday morning. Um, and then planned the, – the big sticking point was getting devices to K4 because they hadn't been taking them home. Some of them had had – they all – we had enough devices. Our district's been working for a long time to really just kind of flood with devices. So they were – the plan was break apart the, the cows, the computers on wheels, get those. And they came up with this like really fast plan to check things out and get them to kids in the library and go, 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 go. And last I heard, which was yesterday, um, we're looking at a district of about 8,000 plus, And I think it was something like 30 kids didn't have a computer. Well, so yeah, <laughs> um, our current sticking point is hotspots. So we have some grant-funded hotspots, and they've ordered some more, but they're on back order. And so we have a, a significant chunk of people without internet access. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're sitting in a pretty good spot um, all said and done with that, just because we kind of um, had the groundwork laid for that already. 
Yeah, and I think something to remember too, right, is this is only week one. Uh, and the, uh, it's fast, it's an incredible, it's been incredible to watch how fast districts have been able to move in one week. You know, when you really stop and think about it, it really has just been an incredible ramp up uh, for everybody and everybody's in such different spots. But uh, it's been kind of, it's amazing what happens when, when we actually have to do some stuff where, where stuff goes. Matt, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience down there in, uh, in Oregon? Yeah, I mean, again, we're an independent school, so it's a little different. You know, we're not uh, about 190 kids total. But uh, we came back from NCCE and uh, we immediately started talking with the admin about virtual school and planning. Um, and we had a staff development day on Friday. So we ended up, as things kind of progressed, to scrap what the original plan was. And we trained the teachers all day Friday. And we had hoped to have the kids back on Monday, but again, that didn't work out. But the kids came back on Monday, actually on Tuesday, to pick up their, their devices. But we ended up using Flipgrid for mm -hmm. a lot of instructional videos on how to use Classroom and how to use uh, uh, Zoom. Because we're basically using Classroom and Zoom and then you know Flipgrid for those who want to use it. But uh, at least for the families on figuring out how to do a lot of this stuff, we had one of our, our Makerspace teacher cranked out a bunch of like kind of instructional short videos on how to do a bunch of stuff. And he threw it all up in a Flipgrid and it seemed to work pretty well. And we had yeah. a lot of, you know, Wednesday we rolled out virtual school and uh, I wasn't as inundated as, I, as you would think for, uh, uh, you know, for just throwing it together. Yeah. What a, I, what a great use of Flipgrid too, is a way to just like a bunch of little videos all in one spot. Once people get to Flipgrid, you almost make like your own little youtube -y, you know, like you just have yeah, all these yeah. videos that you need there, instructional videos. That's a great idea. I, I like the way they, uh, that kind of worked out. Tyler, how about you? How's it been going in Sunnyside? Um, one of the things that I've really appreciated in how everything's been handled so far is like week one, there, the goal has been like instructions paused and we're going back to like basically Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like yeah. we have kids in a new spot and they need to start, they need to feel safe and they need to feel secure and they need to stay connected. Um, and so like we've really paused, like we sent home some enrichment activities, but for the most part, it's just like get connected with your kids, like make sure they know you're still there, make sure that we're checking in like, I know at the district level, the first thing they did was how are we getting food to kids? Um, and so it's been really cool to see, like we're definitely moving in the direction of, okay, now how do we help continue learning? Um, but I really appreciated that like, that was the pause first is our kids safe? Do yeah. they have food? Like are their needs met? And then, then we're moving on to, okay, how are we gonna provide them learning opportunities? And we're looking at it from, um, like we talked a little bit about kids don't come to school for content. Um, like obviously we want them to get content, but we're thinking also about like, how can we still provide the like connection? Like, can we connect them with their friends? Actually the, the high school is running a, a virtual spirit week next week that I'm really excited to see how it turns out where kids are. It's like, which I think is funny. The first one is pajama day. And I'm like, well, that's been all week. Uh, so. <laughs> That'd be an easy one. Right? <laughs> so it's just, yeah, it's been cool to see that like, so often sometimes we we forget that education is about a whole lot more than just filling kids brains with stuff and so it's been yeah. this you know in all the chaos that's been going on i feel like that's been a good reminder for me yeah that's great uh katie how about you let's talk to you next so like where are you at what what are some maybe some questions that you have that maybe this group can maybe help you with because you talked a little bit about trying to figure out what was available what, what kind of what could you do in royal city 
Yeah. So um, when this was all happening, you know, I reached out to our leadership team and um, everyone was pretty panicked. They were trying to, I guess, just kind of get things in order prior to it happening. Our big problem, from what I can tell with our ed tech and kind of moving for forward with virtual learning is equity um, for our kids, both IEP kids and kids without internet. You know, being in a rural area, we definitely have areas that do not even have cell service still. So, you know, we've got that handful, you know, 10 to 15 percent of kids that don't even have cell service um, or potentially don't have a smartphone and trying to, um, you know, encourage, you know, the use of technology in a blended environment. And so um, we're still very much in the early stages of trying to get anything going mm, we're meeting yeah. um i believe the each grade level is meeting with their principals uh monday during set hour like a single hour and then we're going to come up with like a project-based learning opportunity um whether that's a virtual option or a paper or a blended um it's just really up in the air right now yeah. Um, one thing that our tech director wanted me to bring to you guys was, um, how do we roll out devices with social distancing in place? Um, you know, and how do we, I mean, like, you know, just bounce those ideas and kind of develop maybe a framework of what's worked well for you guys. Um, so making sure that we have the student, actually our students taking our devices for one, but you know. We're going to go to these meeting points where we're dropping food, you know, breakfasts and lunches and getting those devices to our high school students or some of our fourth through sixth graders, if that's even an option. So, um, you know, anything at this point in time would be helpful when we get there. All right, cool. So let's start, let's break down some of your questions then, and we'll try to answer them one at a time. Uh, let's first tackle the equ equitability issue of what are, does anybody, and somebody can raise their hand and then I'll let you chat, but what, what has your district kind of done or how has your district kind of worked? Because I know a lot of the districts that are represented in this call are, are rural and probably facing a lot of the same challenges you are, that not every kid has Wi-Fi or a device. Are there any, anybody here have an idea of how your district's doing that or how are you doing that as a teacher or what's that look like? Uh, Nicole, let's start with you. Um, well, I know within my building, we actually sent, we were lucky that we kind of preemptively planned for us closing on Tuesday because we had in school and service on Friday. Um, so we actually, as a grade level team, sent out a form to all of our students and had everyone fill it out before we left. So we actually generated a list of kids that we knew would not have access to internet. Um, and then as a teacher, what I did with those kids that had come up to me and talked to me about it, um, I, we have like a master Google Doc going of all the kids that we know don't have access. Um, and I tried to connect them with at least one peer that had like their phone number or contact info so that they could come um, into town, download what they need, and then go back if they need to, as things get posted. Mm, that's a cool idea. So trying to just get that list and then trying to connect those kids to somebody who, who might. Awesome. Anyone else have a way that their school district's doing this? Jen? <laughs> so w what we did K-12, since we can't ensure equity for everyone, we're kind of rural as well. We've got big areas that don't have cell service or Wi-Fi. Um, we're asking teachers to upload once a week onto Google Classroom. Yes, it's a virtual area, I know, but to upload some um, enrichment activities that kids could get involved in. Doesn't have to be done on 
their technology and then elementary since we can't get devices to most of our elementary kids yet um, they're putting stuff in paper packet form that is also being posted in the Google Classroom but then is available for pickup outside the school offices um, so Mondays we're asking that everyone upload their enrichment stuff and on Tuesdays those packets need to be ready to be picked up K5 um, and really encouraging people to think outside the box that yes it's a paper packet but it doesn't mean it has to be paper and pencil what kinds of things can you encourage kids to go out and do and explore um, that is outside of doing a math packet problem you know those kinds of things so we haven't that starts Monday <laughs> we gave this week for teachers to kind of wrap their heads around stuff Monday we go I like that Chris um, we have a similar kind of concept that we've talked about and we're still we're, we're similar because we're a countywide school district we've got kids all over the place um, and several without Wi-Fi access so I don't know for sure about how we're going to handle the Wi-Fi access piece but as far as um, the question about deployment of devices out to kids that don't that weren't able to take them home because you know this was happening and not, we're kind of in a lucky spot I guess, I guess you could say because we have spring break next week so we have kind of a week to figure all this out we've been told don't work enjoy your spring break but that's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> so um, we talked about the idea we're, we're starting out with uh, mostly packets um, similar to what you know Claus doing for the the younger kids the elementary kids um, to kind of get things rolling um, as far as the deployment of the, of the devices an idea was brought up um, to put devices on school buses and deliver them to school bus pickup the spots where kids catch the bus in the mornings mm. um, at certain times so they could show up there. So that's kind of solved some of that social distancing aspect to it. Um, and that, you know, kids, families that can't necessarily get into the district office or wherever the, the school, wherever they are, can just get to their school bus site where they get picked up. So that's something we're exploring as far as getting the devices out. Cool. So, uh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So Chris, are you taking or inviting any of those families into a like well, a specific location outside of those bus drops or I mean like at the school or anything like that? Um, I don't know where that plan is in place right now. We, we talked about it yesterday in kind of a virtual meeting um, and I haven't heard anything about it today, so I'm not sure. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Tyler, will you talk a little bit about, uh, because I thought I was awesome, you put it out on Twitter, kind of the matrix uh, tic-tac-toe board or kind of the matrix that you put together for your high school kids uh, for, yeah, some, so for some of those kids that aren't online all the time or can't get there? Yeah, I just used the, the concept of a choice grid. So like each row focuses on a specific uh, area of learning, I guess. And then uh, if you, when you go across the columns, there are just different opportunities they could engage in that learning. Um, it was kind of, I like threw it together because I knew something was happening and we weren't quite as prepared as we wanted to be. But um, yeah, I think A, the, the piece that I really wanted to get and the piece that I'm worried about looking forward is, is uh, how much choice and control students are going to have over their learning. Because I know like, I know teachers are doing everything they can just to connect with students and get that content piece going. But um, I was worried that if I just send them home with like one worksheet, kids weren't going to get it have any say over their learning. Um, but it also allowed me to do like a blend of, if you have Wi-Fi, if you have internet access, like here are some learning opportunities you can engage in. And if you don't, like here are other ways that you could do 
that same learning or practice that content. Um, we're really being encouraged not to put out new content um, at this point. Like we're kind of taking it week by week, but right now it's let's take the skills that they're working on and let's practice that. So even simple things like if, if they're working on like the circumference of something, like find a circle in your, in your living space and measure the circumference of it or something like that. But um, it was, and it, the nice thing is it was actually really simple to put together. Um, like it didn't take me that long at all. And now I have, I think I, there's like 20 learning opportunities that they have on one piece of paper. Um, and they, the way that I structured it with my kids is like, they just had to do it and their caretaker uh, had to sign off on it. That was it. Like, there's kind of an honor system. They get some say over it, but yeah, I don't know. Just if someone's looking for a quick solution that doesn't rely on internet. And I know like that equity piece is huge for us right now. We're trying to figure out like even, even our seniors and actually we talked about it, even our staff, like we have staff members that live far enough out that they don't have access to internet. So yeah, we're, we're trying to figure that out. And I think the the answer is going to have to be a, a blended uh, approach to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And uh, if you don't mind, could you throw that, um, that tweet that you had with that resource into our chat? And for those of you that are here live with me, there is a chat that we can be running and, and talking over to the side if you want to as well. Uh, we also are joined by Jessica and Linda, the team teaching duo <laughs> from Richland. Uh, and as seen that we're kind of on this high school thing uh, with Tyler being high school, can you guys maybe talk about what are, how are you kind of, what are some of the strategies you're using for this uh, for this, not every kid has has a device thing. Sounds like we're kind of in similar um, limbo with are we teaching or not kind of thing. Um, but we are, all our kids have devices at the high school level. Um, I went and actually picked up my elementary son. So middle school, high school, already one-to-one. -one. The elementary was kind of interesting. We um, were... They said to come in and pick up the device, but they had tables across the doors, so you didn't enter the school. You lined up on dots that were spaced out six feet apart, um, walked up, hand sanitized your hands, grabbed a clean pen from the clean pen bin, signed the Chromebook waiver if you wanted the Chromebook. They handed you your kids stuff. Then you put your pen in the dirty pen bin, and you left. Huh. So it was very controlled. Um, I went to the middle school and just to clean out my son's locker because you know he's a 13 year old boy and i figured that'd be really nasty for a couple <laughs> weeks. and um and there was no control it was just like hi and you just kind of walk in and i mean i was one of the only people there but walk in clean out the locker and left so you know very different situations and handling of it um but again middle school high school already have their devices so i know we're doing meal drop off on buses like chris was saying they were doing Chromebooks. So I know that's, you know, a possibility there kind of as well. So that's how they're handling it kind of at the different levels. Um, they have the schools open till two 30. Well, a few more minutes today. And then they are the school district buildings are locked up. Like teachers can't enter or anything. So I think a lot of what we're dealing with is rampant confusion. Yeah. And what I mean by that is <laughs> even as we, even as we started this video chat, um, our deputy superintendent once again gave a definition of what supplemental meant because we can only do supplemental teaching. And as far as we know, it just gets a little bit more restrictive in terms of you ought to be putting something out there of some sort, but you still can't grade it. You still can't demand it. 
you still cannot use it to in any way distinguish between the equity of one student or another, but you ought to be doing it, whatever that it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I, I think that's part of, of understanding this. And this is something, so there's a couple things that have come out and I've been talking about this in, with different people. And so some of you've heard this already, but one of the, I think one of the nice, nice things about this is, is we can learn a lot from schools who have already been in this six, seven, eight weeks. So there is a lot of information that is coming out of specifically my network, which is international uh, schools out of Asia. And so these schools have been in this for seven, eight, nine weeks already. And, and some of the, I think some of the key takeaways that have come out for us to remember as we're getting started is this idea that usually they are not seeing full engagement from their students until about week three. That week one was very much like everything that you're explaining, like it's kind of the school's trying to figure it out, teachers are trying to figure it out, everybody's just kind of figuring out week one. So the idea that there isn't quote unquote learning happening or whatever, however you want to state that, I don't, I think this is going to be pretty normal. And what they were, what they were, what they were saying is in week two, they started to see about halfway through week two, the mindset of kids starts to shift as well. It's like, well, this is boring. I'm now at home. I've had my quote unquote snow days for those of us here in the, you know, in the Northwest, we could, kids are kind of like, woohoo, school's out. And all of a sudden you're bored. You can't go outside. You're at home. And they start to see kids come back to school. And so really what they showed was in week three, it was the third week before they had full engagement. They felt like learning was happening. Things were getting done in the home front. And I think that's the thing to remember. And back to your point, Tyler, is like, we're back to Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like families are trying to figure this out for themselves. They're trying to get themselves situated. So I think taking it slow in week one and not even, I have school districts that haven't even put anything out there yet. It's just get yourself situated, you know, take, take some time for yourself. And then starting Monday or Tuesday next week, we will slowly start to introduce what this is going to look like. And I think that's just something to remember. And that's, that is what's coming out of other areas that have been in this is it's going to take almost three weeks before you really start to get this new engine up and rolling. So, so uh, the thing I keep telling teachers is just give yourself, give yourself a break. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to take some time. Nicole, what does this look like from a music standpoint? What are some of the oh. things you're <laughs> Yeah, um, it's funny that you should ask that because um, I'm actually in two Facebook groups. One is like online music uh, educators creating online learning or something like that. And the other is music teachers for Google Classroom. Um, I was added to it like sometime last week by one of my friends. And it had just like roughly over 2,000 people in the group. It's now up to like almost 25,000 people. <laughs> Wow. in just a week. Um, there's definitely a huge push for resources because we are really a curriculum and like a content that doesn't typically off like exist in an online space very often. Um, I'm really lucky that because I have my background in educational tech, like with my master's degree work, um, I actually had a lot of resources that I were able to share out to the public really quickly. Um, it's been kind of cool to see the traffic like on my blog of the people who are downloading and using what I've given them. Um, but there's just this huge, at first it was, where is all the things that we need to do to give to students? And now the conversation is really shifting to like, because we're a content where it's all about community and that connection piece, how can we provide that in a virtual environment 
because um, many of our students are really seeking that connection piece, but it's really hard to offer. So some people are doing like virtual choir things um, where people record part recordings and then they splice it together to create a choir. Um, next week, I'm rolling out a virtual ukulele sing and jam club, essentially, cool. where students can join my Google Classroom and we're going to meet in Zoom and everyone's going to mute their mics. I'll pull stuff up on the screen and we'll kind of have like a karaoke jam party. Um, but I think at first it was a lot of panic. And now we're kind of in the resolute, we have to figure out how to make this work phase. Um, and it's really cool to see the community really band together and share what we know and brainstorm and kind of bounce off of each other. Um, it's exciting because typically music is very um, avoid tech at all costs um, because we're the dying art form that everyone must experience personally to remind us of our humanity. Um, but to see that adoption of like, okay, we have to live with this right now. We have no control. How can we make a, the best out of a bad situation? Mm, yeah, that's great. Well, let's pivot a little bit and talk a little bit about elementary. And Shannon, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you. Uh, so Shannon's a fourth grade teacher. And uh, just what's this look like equity-wise for you, the online, offline? What's that kind of look like for you, for you in the elementary? Well, for my class specifically, uh, well, my partner and I on Friday, when we kind of knew this was coming down, um, sent out a survey to all of our students just to figure out who had access and who didn't have access to computers and such. Um, and my partner had seven kids out of 29, and I had about one out of 29 that did not have access. So um, we put together on Friday um, learning packets with books and magazines and games and paper, pencil. We gave them all an envelope just to keep them busy this week while we try to figure, you know, figure out our, where we're at. Um, but just as Jen had said, our expectation is that by Monday we will have a um, digital activities available and that those activities can also be translated into paper, pencil, if you will. Um, so my partner and I created um, what I think is some fun activities for next week that, again, they're just enrichment activities, but we're going to have them build forts. It's a fort challenge next week. Um, they have to build a fort. They have to write step-by-step -step directions on how to rebuild that fort. They have to take pictures or draw pictures of their fort, um, calculate the, the width, the depth, the height of the fort. So we just kind of incorporated a lot of reading, writing, and math into the one activity. Oh, very um, cool. And then we're gonna also throw in some math activities and I'm trying to do my read aloud digitally. Mm, very cool. I had another, I had a third grade teacher I was working with when I was in Luxembourg. And I know and my, my internet is leggy. I live up in the mountains, sorry. That's okay, that's all right. Um, this third grade teacher I was, I was working with, her project was to make a stand-up desk as kind of their maker space time. And then the kids very much like you had to take a photo of the desk and measurements for math. And, you know, we're doing all this really cool stuff. But then she had challenged herself to like make a stand-up desk as well. So, you know, anything that I think builds community like that and be thinking about how do you, you know, and again, not every activity in a virtual learning situation should be on the computer. How do you create situations like this? Like go build a fort. You've got seven weeks. <laughs> go build a fort and give us the, the, you know, the width and the depth and stuff. I think that's, that's just a fantastic, fantastic time. Uh, 
Uh, let's let's talk a little bit of some of the some of the structures that are being put in place at the district level, or maybe with your teams. Of how are your teams, or you're at, at a district level, how are you staying together? And uh, Troutman, I'm going to pick on you because it was awesome this morning. I don't know how you felt about it, but uh, just a background, real quick. Moses Lake every morning at nine o'clock is live on YouTube, uh, and. Troutman, I'll have you, I'll have you, Stephen, I'll take, I'll have you take it from there because it was, it was pretty cool. We had like 50 teachers in the chat room on YouTube this morning watching this live. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So I will put a link to my YouTube channel um, in here in case you want to watch and you're welcome to chime in and ask questions if you want. But uh, the first thing we did when we sent teachers out is we told them um, like check in with your kids. I mean, kind of like what Tyler was talking about, that hierarchy. So like, we're sending kids home to uh, different situations. You know, um, some of the things that teachers were hearing from kids were, you know, I don't like being at home all the time. I like coming to school. I like to connect. And so it was really important to tell teachers, like, connect, connect, connect with your kids, even if, like, we don't want to do content yet, right? So I just thought, like, we should be leading that as a teaching and learning team and showcasing what we're doing. And big shout out to our superintendent who has sent home um, update videos like every single night and has instead of just sending this big old email he attaches the transcript but he records a video and sends it out to kind of model that so uh, on it, it's been a progression <laughs> I was like Tuesday let's do it and like if it, if, if it crashes and burns who cares because we're trying to model vulnerability well it crashed and burned because <laughs> um, I tried to use some resources that teachers could use and I tried to combination Google Meet um, to stream because you can stream through Google Meet calendar events and Zoom. The problem was the only audio input was my microphone, so, so <laughs> people like tuned in and were. And then I used uh, a back channel and Padlet as the chat, and so people were like commenting on the Padlet, like we can't hear anybody, you know. And so I was like, oh no! So I figured out what happened, but as a backup, I recorded the Zoom meeting, so I just uploaded that as a video to YouTube. So then yesterday and today. Um, I, I wrote my teacher and learning team, the other uh, instructional coaches into streaming. And so um, you can't get, at least if you know a way, that'd be great. Um, but uh, I have yet to find a way to get your screen um, as part of the stream without third-party software. So I found something that was free, open source, um, OBS. It's super easy to use, honestly. It took me a 20-minute YouTube video to figure out. Um, and then we just all hopped in a Zoom call and I just used YouTube to stream that. And then I sent that link out to our staff and I said, come in and ask questions. And so we all kind of had the stream up. Um, I could look at, I could look at my questions. Um, Jeff hopped on there. He like, he like texted us and said, Hey, you know, invite me to the Zoom call. So we got, which was great. Uh, and so they got to see all of the coaches. Uh, they got to see our, our executive director of teaching and learning. And then I've set it up to be reoccurring because we've told our, our teachers, like have something like a daily check-in with your kids by 9 a.m. every single day. So we're going we're gonna to live stream at 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. And we've got this group hangout going to the teaching and learning team. And they were resistant at first. <laughs> they were like, like, all right, like, let's do it. And now they're planning Monday stream. So yeah. Um, it was pretty cool. 
Yeah. And I think we had like, there was almost 50 teachers watching live. And my favorite part was the chat on YouTube was like kids for the first time. They're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. You know, just like your kids are the first time they see you on video. Uh, it was, it was really cool. And teachers had some great questions. They were asking about different resources and what are some different things to expect or how much should I expect as a parent for my kid to be working at home? So just, it was, what a great opportunity from a district level kind of being able to, you know, put that stuff in. Well, one of the most valuable pieces of feedback I got yesterday was from a teacher who I did it at, at noon too. I'll do that Tuesday, Thursday. And I just grabbed some teachers who were just on fire and excited and I'm calling it the lunch break. And they just sat there and, and talked for, you know, about kind of nothing. Like um, they start off, uh, the stream starts off by one of the people who has chickens. She said, Hey, I went to the store and there are no eggs at the store and my chickens are giving me like seven or eight a day. So if you guys need eggs, let me know. And then like, it was just that for the next hour. Yeah. They talked yeah. about content, but one of the teachers in the chat said, I love these things because they help me feel like I'm still connected to my colleagues. And I was like, ah. <laughs> it was yeah. so cool. And I think that's an important part is, is are, are other schools setting up virtual staff meetings for, for teams or so like I, like in Luxembourg where I just came from every team once a week. So the fourth grade team gets together once a week and the third grade team gets together once a week and they, they're using Google Hangouts or Google meet. Uh, and they've all, they've decided that that's what they're going to do to try to, again, stay together as a community uh, and just, you know, support each other through this. Does anybody else have, have some kind of structure set up? Tina, do you, what do you guys Yeah, think? that's kind of what we focused on all this week with getting the devices out is getting everybody, all the teachers up and comfortable with Google Meet, made a resource, sent that out to everybody so they knew little pieces that they needed. And then the staff, the principals are all doing their staff meetings. Um, cool. I think we had one with 40 on Thursday and then they're assigned PLCs. They have to do meets all next week and they have to common plan. And that's a big thing with that equity is sending home the same work to every student in first grade. Yeah, yeah. So, but meat's been going pretty well. That's good. And I think one thing to, again, some of the stuff that's been coming out of, um, out of Asia that has been closed down for a long time is that what they found is being able to hold almost office hours, they saw a lot more kids show up than to say, you know, first period is from eight until nine, second period is from nine until 10 and expecting kids to be there. What they found is if there was an expectation that my class of 29 kids needed to all be online at two o'clock, that they were causing a lot of stress within families. And if you had two or three kids trying to all use one device, that it was really causing a lot of stress to the family. So what they moved to and what is the, what is what they are are talking about that is showing success is this idea of having teachers set up um, office hours and then to move those office hours so that different groups of kids get different opportunities because not every kid's going to be able to meet you at 9 a.m. or not every kid's going to be able to meet you at 3 p.m. But the idea that you just send out to your class in Google Classroom, hey, I'm going to be on Google Hangouts or Google Meets or Zoom or whatever the product is from nine until 10, feel free to drop by. Or I'm going to be on here from one until two, feel free to drop by, right? And what they're finding is they're seeing a higher level of engagement. And when kids are coming, they have questions. The kids are hanging out then as a class. The other cool thing at a high school and middle school level is you can do that and you don't have to do it for each individual period. You can just say, I'm online from nine till 10, 
And if 150 kids show up, fantastic. If two kids show up, one in period one and one in period three, so what? And so it's just giving everybody that, that flexibility from learning at home. Um, so that was one recommendation that, is, that has come out of Asia is that idea of using office hours rather than, oh, period three is going to be from four to five o'clock because it just it, it is adding stress. So just another kind of tip of things that we're seeing that are working. So cool. Anything so else? So are people Any using Google Meets or using Zoom? I mean, what's the better platform we should be having our teachers using? That's a good question. We, we were told, I was told by my um, IT director yesterday to not use Zoom. We're going to focus on Meets just because it's part of the world that we live in. We're in the Google world, right? So we're going to focus on Google Meets, Google Classroom as kind of our LMS, if you will. Um, and then some Google Suite stuff along with a few iPad and like Padlet and things like that. Um, and I'm actually, I was on the 30th when we get back from spring break, um, I'm going to be leading a training for my, for the district and building administrators on Google Classroom and on Google Meets. Like how do you actually do this virtual staff meeting? How do you, how do you use it so they can start modeling for their staff? Um, because they're, most of them aren't and they don't they don't know how to do that yet so um we're going to spend probably a good portion of the day working on that so they can get that idea that, that you guys talked about about the virtual staff meeting and the office hours and that sort of thing to their staff yeah and if i can add so jen to answer your question which one's better whichever one your teachers are comfortable with right now like that's one of the things that we've been talking about a ton is so many so often people are like we're panicking and throwing a ton of new stuff instead of pausing and saying like, there's already a lot of stress. Where are we already at? Um, Cause really, and I don't mean to sound super pessimistic, but like if you weren't moving this direction already, it now is not the time, right? Like now is not the time to be throwing all the new ed tech stuff at teachers and hoping that it goes well, like find the stuff that teachers are using. And, and obviously like, there's going to be gaps where new things do need to be brought in. But if, if there's something that's already filling a need, like go with that. Uh, that's what I, I've had a couple teachers already ask me like, what do I need to learn? What do I need to do? And I, the first thing I say is, what do you already know? Because uh, I think all of us are freaked out and it's nice to start from a place of confidence instead of a place of lacking when it comes to ed tech, especially right now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think well, one of my, one of my favorite things is almost every school district that I work with, had shut off Google Hangouts and Google Meets for kids because we didn't want them to talk and chat to each other. And then we get in this situation and what's the first thing everybody has to turn on? It's like, oh my gosh, we've got this amazing tool that we haven't allowed you to use. But here we go. We want you to be able to get on video and chat to each other. And I just love it, like, right? It's, it's so So how do you convince your district to turn that back on? Yeah. Uh, well, if it's virtual learning, you need to have some platform like that. And I would say you, because much like Tyler and Chris were saying, it's already part of your, it's already part of G Suites. To me, that is the easiest one to turn back on. Uh, as far as quality goes, I think Zoom is probably way better quality when it comes to audio and video. Uh, it scales very well. Um, I know uh, maybe Stefan can talk about this. I think Stefan, you got the free upgrade from as a, as education, when they set it out, what was that process like? For Zoom, you're talking, right? Yeah, for Zoom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry, back Zoom and Meets. Um, yeah, I mean, we just, 
I just logged in to Zoom with my school district account and there's a green banner on the top that says you've got all the stuff. So we didn't do anything extra. You didn't activate it for a school or anything. Just there. And our district's pretty good about, I mean, the first thing they did, the first thing out of someone's mouth on Friday as soon as the announcement came out uh, was our kids need hangouts. And uh, there, I was pretty vocal when they took it away two years ago when I was a classroom teacher. And I was like, uh, but now our kids have not had that chat platform for the last two years. And that's two years of lost opportunity to teach them digital citizenship based on that. Uh, so they have that. And we got some of those questions this morning about what about kids when they're chatting with each other, with each other. And someone just said they have access to video chat with each other. Yeah. yeah. But like, I mean, we, we need, we need that communication with kids and if we can teach them to use it appropriately, you know, so our, I think our next steps and they've been asking our district for the last, for the next uh, last couple of days is when do we get to start doing some intentional parent training? Uh, and here are some things that you should be doing with your kids, setting up schedules, setting up a workspace, monitor, monitoring their online behavior, those types of things. So just to be clear, if you go to Zoom, as long as you use a school district account, you can't use your Gmail account or your Outlook account, but if you use a school district account, then basically it was instant access, right? For you? Yeah. yeah. And Linda, you're shaking your head. Same. You had the same kind of experience same. as well. Okay. I want to, after I read, uh, Canvas actually put out a great blog about integrating uh, video conferencing with Canvas, which the one they're using right now is not terribly reliable. Jessica, don't laugh too much. <laughs> but you can integrate either Zoom or Google Meet through Canvas. So that might be another way if that's the LMS you're using. But yeah, when I went and, and played with Zoom again, and the, the neat part about it is, is the free Zoom is, is really pretty powerful anyway. What it does yeah. is it takes away the 40-minute limit on the meetings. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. good. And I know uh, another school I was working with is using uh, Schoology. And Schoology has a built-in thing called conferences, which is basically this built-in, not near the quality of Zoom. Again, I mean, the, I mean that's what sets Zoom apart is the quality of this is, is incredible, but uh, that's what it's using. So, um, Jen, I don't know. I, I would say my, my first thing is I know you guys are a Google district. I would say turn on Meets. I think that's as easy and as straightforward, and it's right there inside the entire Google system. Um, I heard one school district that I was talking with, and maybe one of you can verify or deny or tell me that this isn't right, but somebody was even saying that the chat that happens inside of a Google Hangout can also be recorded through like uh, GoGuardian or Class Policy or something like that behind the scenes. And I don't know if any of you can affirm or deny that. It doesn't look like anybody's moving. Um, but that was another thing that people said that they kind of liked if that if you have GoGuardian or some kind of filter system in place, uh, that the chat feature could be captured by that. And so some districts were feeling um, more secure about that, where with Zoom, none of that stuff is going to be captured by your by your filtering system from my understanding that's my understanding as it stands right now but uh, so i can tell you when i talked with chris today his worry was with opening up google hangouts high school has it middle school and elementary don't have it and his worry was okay we're google district we now open this up and we have someone some kid who's getting cyber bullied constantly for the next four weeks while we yeah. opened it up whereas if yeah. they're using zoom they went outside of our what we are saying is our preferred platform and did that um so they were 
they were concerns about how do we monitor it. There was a reason we turned it off originally for middle school and elementary. What happens yeah. and how do we police that for a better lack of a better word, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, and fair enough. Those are, those are concerns. And I just don't, I mean, we don't have answers to those right now, you know, um, which way to go with that. So anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for hanging out with us today. Uh, it's been almost, I didn't know if we would go a full hour and we've almost gone a full hour. Uh, anybody else have any last burning questions or things they want to share or how things are going or I'm still curious about how everybody's handling the Wi-Fi or hotspots. That's our biggest question before we move forward is the hotspots and Wi-Fi. Comcast says free, but I can't figure out what they're saying is free. Hmm. We have charter offering free for students for 60 days and they don't have to show any, have to have a, a kid in the house of, you know, either at a college or at an elementary, middle school, high school. Um, and they can call a number and that's been supported through the school district as well. So that's gone out as a lot of messaging out about that. Um, so I know that is one. It depends. What's one I, sorry, there was a helicopter going over. What, no. what? <laughs> <laughs> um, charter spectrum. But I mean, it really depends who the provider is locally because they're yeah. all different. I know North Franklin, just like half an hour or hour north of us has different providers, but they were offering um, free services as well. So yeah. it all kind of depends sadly, but most of them are offering some sort of free version for students. Yeah, other strategies that I've seen done is, and I don't know your whole, the entire setup down there in Ording, but uh, I've, I've seen some school districts who had Wi-Fi enabled school buses being able to set those up and especially in parking lots of say you have a low income apartment complex that has a lot of your students in it, be able to set that up. I've seen school districts who have taken the school Wi-Fi and turned the entire school Wi-Fi public so that that entire bandwidth can be used by students. So, you know, you, you have to leave your house, but you can sit in your car in the parking lot and get Wi-Fi um, as a, as a way of getting around that or go sit on the playground somewhere that the Wi-Fi reaches. Um, so those are other things that I've seen going on. I know that, and over here, I know up, up in Everett, north of Seattle here, uh, I think T-Mobile, they've got some T-Mobile, um, uh, like USB, 4G USB sticks that they're handing out. Now, I don't know how they're doing that, if the kids come to the school and pick them up or if it's a free reduced. Yeah, that's thing. kind of where we were looking is yeah. to get T-Mobile hotspots for like 30 bucks. Yeah. But some yeah, of our kids are so rural that that won't even work because yeah. they don't have. That's, you know. yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Cool. But nobody's heard about the Comcast. Uh, has anybody yeah. heard of the Comcast one? I've heard of it, but I haven't tried to access it or, you know, set it up. It, there's a link that they can go in and apply for this free for, you know, the next two months or whatever it was. But. You know, I always worry about giving those free things out because they don't stay free. And I hope that they don't charge them after the fact, you know, once it comes back live. <laughs> yeah. That's always the issue. The, the I have a student that took advantage of He got set up on the Comcast. Otherwise, they're going to get charged a bunch of money. Yeah. 
the, the other thing that could be helpful to look into is I know a bunch of them have their free for two months right now, but um, most internet providers also have a subsidized plan um, if you qualify it for under a certain income level. Um, we've been talking about looking into that a little bit just because it's a to be a more sustainable um, and something where, because that is my concern is I, I haven't read the fine print. I don't know what it looks like after those two months. Um, so the, the option is one that we're really looking at. Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know if we have all the answers to it yet. And again, uh, we're in week one. So hopefully we can, some of these questions will continue to um, kind of figure out their stuff and, and we kind of, find our way through this together. So that's a, that's a, that's a good one. So anyway, well, thank you all for being here. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll do this again next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.